You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football, and you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave. We are the football dudes. Dave, are you ready, bro? Yes, sir, my friend. I can read the sign right there. That's the sign post up ahead. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. It's Friday, January 27th, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. It's a beautiful 60 degrees, Dave. <laughs> a little chilly out there, but pretty nice. We'll take it. In today's episode, <laughs> we'll talk about what the hell happened in the divisional round, potentially putting conference championship weekend in neutral, huh? coaching carousel, losing a rider, Four more teams are officially on the clock. And, of course, the awesome games from the upcoming conference championship weekend. But, Dave, before we get to all that, tell me you got a conference championship sack full of tasty nugs. <laughs> I've got a couple of delightful nugs for the people, Casey. The <laughs> NFC West has represented the NFC in three of the past four Super Bowls and six of the past ten going what? back to San Francisco's birth in Super Bowl 47 against Baltimore. Six of the last 10, Casey, and three of the last four. That's three, three, that's the number. Three is three of the final four teams in the playoffs have defenses ranked near the top of the league in points allowed per game during the regular season. It's San Francisco at number one, giving up just 16.3. Cincy tied for fifth, giving up 20.1. And Philly tied for seventh, giving up 20.2. Wow, good defense. Yeah. Get you there. I noticed you left the team off there. The Chiefs are coming in at 16, just under 22 points a game. Not that far away, but, um, you know, not up like those other ones. And, Dave, over the last nine postseasons, home teams are 14-4 and four in conference championship games. But the Bengals last season at KC, they have one of those victories for the road team, Dave. <laughs> Very <What>? nice. <laughs> Why don't you take us back in history? Give the give the people a little history lesson there. All right. 25 years ago, Casey, it was Super Bowl 32. Terrell Davis overcomes brutal migraines to rush for 157 yards and a Super Bowl record. Three touchdowns to lead the Broncos to their first Super Bowl victory, snapping the NFC streak of 13 Super Bowl wins in a row. Wow. Casey, I remember those days. That's when my a, Cowboys were winning Super Bowls. <laughs> it was an awesome game, Casey. Tied at 17 when John Elway ran the ball and did that spinning helicopter yes. thing when he was getting multi-tackled by defenders there and an epic scene. And then tied again at 24 when uh, TD went ahead and got his third touchdown with 145 left on the clock. Brett Favre and the Packers trying to make a comeback, but they got uh, – out on fourth down and they were in and out on downs casey the broncos secure the victory 31 to 24 wow what a win for the broncos first super bowl oh yeah and the former owner pat bowen out there on that podium dude holding that lombardi dave who was it for this one's for john <laughs> oh yeah baby that was epic that'll go down in history and you know what else is going down in history? The Trend Zone. That's the podcast you're listening to right now, available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now we're on Amazon Music as well, or wherever the hell you get your podcasts. We will be there. 
All right, David, let's get into some top trending stories, man. We almost had a Buffalo, Kansas City neutral site AFC championship. Um, and that might be something we actually see in the future here. Yeah, I think the some of the owners have been pushing this idea for years and years, and then it never ends up passing. But since this circumstance happened, Casey, they sold 50,000 seats in one day. Wow. And I think that certainly has caught the attention of the owners. And this very way, you know, this might very well be something that they look to do. Uh, and, you know, it, in, one, in one respect, it deflates the value of the number one pick, certainly. Um, but in another respect, you think about it, having the, the field, like uh, the, the stadium split, half one team's fans, half the other teams. And imagine the stadium located somewhat near both cities so that the team uh, fans could make their way there and have access to those tickets, uh, also the season ticket holders. So it could be something that could be super cool. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting. We'll see. But you know what the answer is, Casey, to all your questions? Money. But Dave, you know, obviously I'm a huge OU fan. And that OU Texas game at the Cotton Ball in Dallas, you see it right down the middle of the stadium. And it's yes. such a cool thing. So um, yeah. can you imagine a conference championship in Vegas with a couple teams? Woo! Not the Raiders in it. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Sounds all right, awesome. Dave. Let's move ahead. Uh, coaching carousel, dude. We had a, a coach jump off that thing and say, I'm good here. Yeah, yeah it was Frank Reich, dude. Frank Reich gets a, a job as the, uh, you know, he got, I thought, unjustly fired from the Colts after going 40-33 and one in four and a half seasons with the Colts. He is the Panthers' selection as their new head coach. Man, that I think uh, that might be a good fit there. And then, dude. We were laughing at Buddy Hackett just a couple weeks ago. Now Buddy Hackett's laughing at us. That's right. Obviously, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Casey, oh. was a uh, unmitigated buddy dis- to me. He's an unmitigated <laughs> disaster as head coach of the Broncos. He was everybody's uh, just j- butt of the joke, basically. Uh, he is now the OC uh, for the Jets, and who knows? Maybe they're looking to try and lure Aaron Rodgers to the Jets as. Uh, he was obviously the OC for the Packers previously. Very interesting. All right. And let's go ahead and keep it in the AFC East. Not a coach, but a coordinator. <laughs> That's right. Patriots hire uh, offensive coordinator out of Alabama, Bill O'Brien, to be their offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. And of course, he co- coached uh, as OC at the Patriots from 2009 through 2011. Dave, and we had a coordinator stay put, and this one's making me rather happy. Yeah, Casey, Dan Quinn decides yes. to stay in Dallas. He won't pursue those head coaching jobs. All right, Dave, speaking of Dallas, they're one of four more teams that are officially on the clock for 2023 NFL draft. Yeah, at 25, it's the Jags. At 26, it's the Giants. 27, your Cowboys. And at 28, the Bills. All right, keep in with the number theme, 69, dude. <laughs> that is right. 69, Casey, the National Football League announced today the names of 69 players who have been granted special eligibility for the 2023 NFL draft. Each of the 69 players have met the league's three-year eligibility rule and have renounced their college football eligibility. They are ready to be selected, Casey. Oh, yeah. The season never stops. I love the draft, but I hate prepping for the draft because that means... We're dead. Uh, 
All right. Well, there's still uh, we're going to find out who's playing in this game after um, conference championship weekend, Dave. Super Bowl. They announced their entertainment. And I'm willing to bet you don't know who any of these cats are, but go ahead and let the people know. <laughs> Casey, of course, everybody knows acclaimed musician and songwriter Chris Stapleson. He'll be singing the national anthem. And of course, 12 time Grammy award winning recording artist, songwriter and producer Babyface. Your favorite. Will, will sing America the Beautiful. Rihanna, of course, the main. Uh, the main act she'll be doing the halftime show yeah i uh, i quite like chris stapleton actually um he <laughs> is pretty damn good so he's gonna crush that anthem all right day before the super bowl gotta get to the conference championship games to start it in the nfc championship it's philadelphia eagles hosting the 49ers the eagles are two and a half point favorites in this one at home and the eagles got there smashing the giants last week 38 7. Yeah, and the Giants were never in the game, really. Casey Hurts was the guy. Dimebag wasn't. Uh, before you knew it, Philly 8 was up 14-zip, and that took Saquon and the the running-oriented Giants out of the game. Uh, the Giants couldn't get off the field on third down, and Philadelphia, on the other hand, kept cranking them out 10 for 14 on third down. Philly rushed 268 over six yards of carry, and... That's the Philadelphia defense as all season long. The defense got after the quarterback sack dime bag five times in that game. It was a blue out Casey. Yeah, dude. And they say it's hard to beat a time, uh, team three times in one season. It wasn't hard for the Eagles to beat the giants three times in one season, man. Impressive. Yeah. And it was the divisional round for the Niners. Uh, the way they have arrived at this spot, Casey, by taking care of business 19 to 12, defeating your Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, dude, and just a handful of plays in this game are really the difference. Under two minutes left in the first half, right after Pollard got an eight-yard run, he was hurt, went out the game. Next play, second to Dak, throws an interception inside field goal oh. range. The Niners turned that into a field goal instead of 9-6 Cowboys at the half. It was 9-6 Niners at the half. And then in the third quarter, uh, Kittle with that huge catch on the bobble. Push, push, push. And, oh, it's, uh, Diggs comes in, dude. If his eyes were open, he might have been able to hit Kittle and knock away that ball um, later in that same drive. Diggs drops a would-be interception. Three plays later, the Niners score a touchdown. And then right after that, maybe the last shot for the Cowboys. Von Turpin, dude. He's taking that thing to the house. Only one guy could stop him. Oh, it's Robbie Gould, the kicker. He runs right <laughs> into him, dude. Goes down in midfield. Probably would have scored a touchdown. And... uh once again, the Cowboys go into the offseason full of disappointment. When you mentioned Turpin, I thought you were talking about his reception on that last play of the game. Hey, that was good for four yards. <laughs> what was going to happen, man? What I was know. he going to do? Who was he pitching it to? It would be I fun wish to I knew what the team. design was. Yeah, take <laughs> off a little bit. Ugh. <laughs> All right, Dave, let's get this thing going, bro. Um, you know, it's the quarterback. They don't play each other, but they kind of do. And this won't be the first time these guys have played each other. Talking Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy. Yeah, no doubt, dude. These two uh, young quarterbacks here squared off at a Big 12 thriller in Norman, Oklahoma. They combined to throw and run for 11 touchdowns in 2019 when Hurts's Oklahoma Sooners held off Purdy's surging Iowa State Cyclones to secure a 42 to 41 victory. And the game was decided when Purdy, uh, his two point pass <clears throat> conversion was intercepted with 24 seconds left. Wow. Hey, sign me up for that game this weekend, right? 
Oh, yeah, dude. I remember that game. It was crazy and uh, sealing the deal with that pick in the end zone. But uh, Campbell having the huevos to go for it, try to get that win on the road. Um, wow. But, Dave, let's go ahead and start it with um, Brock Purdy and these San Francisco 49ers. Dude, this is their third NFC championship in four seasons, dude. Wow. But it is the first NFC championship for Brock. Yeah, and Brock, obviously... The third rock, string rock. quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, has now become very relevant, and uh, he is undefeated, and he's played, uh, you know, exceptionally well. Uh, obviously, yeah, 13 touchdowns, just four interceptions, a 107.4 rating on the season. So um, you got to give a lot of credit to Kyle Shanahan, the personnel groupings, the, um, the use of all of the motion and pre-snap stuff that's really given Brock Purdy a lot of confidence to know where he's going with his pre-snap reads. And uh, he has just really played exceptionally well. Yeah, dude, I know where he's going with those pre-snap reads. It's the George Kittle, dude. He had five (laughs) for 95 against my boys last week, almost 800 yards on the season, career-high 11 touchdowns, including four games with two touchdown catches in each, man. And uh, about the last month of the season, this cat has been unstoppable. No doubt about it. And that crazy catch in uh, last week's game where he tipped it to himself. I mean, outstanding. Uh, And there's so many weapons, really, for this offense to go to. They've done a great job divvying it out. Brandon Ayuk has really developed into an excellent receiver, over 1,000 yards uh, and eight touchdowns for Ayuk. And we know uh, Debo Samuels, that multi-purpose guy, running back slash receiver. But now they have acquired Christian McCaffrey in a similar type role where he can play both positions and it's just given them sort of a, an embarrassment of riches, dude. If there was ever a running back built for a team, it's Christian McCaffrey for these Niners. I mean, he is a perfect fit for this Shanahan offense and he's been uh, an amazing asset for that offense, man. They could do everything. 1,880 scrimmage yards and 85 catches. So he is Mr. Everything there. And that run scheme that they run, you can kind of plug dudes in. But when you plug a guy in like McCaffrey, you see how it can get to another level. Yeah, it it is. It's a lot of fun to watch unless you're an opposing team. And, you know, (laughs) as physical as that offense is, they're even more physical on defense. And as good as that offense is, this defense is better. Yeah, this is the number one ranked defense in total yardage in the NFL. They're um, number one in points, as we mentioned previously, and second against the rush. So um, they obviously can get after it. And it starts up front with Nick Bosa. Um, He is arguably going to be uh, the defensive player of the year. Um, And I mean, 18 and a half sacks on the season, 19 tackles for loss. I mean, he is just making plays all over the place. Yeah, dude. And I know we talk about this guy every week, too. But last week, Fred Warner was unstoppable, dude. He was everywhere and he was doing it all, man. Yeah. And he is an absolute tackling machine. 130 tackles on the season. But uh, an interception last week, uh, 10 passes defense this year. I mean, he's a great in coverage, great attacking the line of scrimmage. It's just, you know, conceivably. Uh, the best linebacker in the league right now. And he's teaming him up with Dre Greenlaw on the other side, 127 tackles for Greenlaw. It's a nice tandem of linebackers. Yeah, dude. And he's had at least Warner, that is at least five tackles in all eight of his career playoff games, man. The guy is a machine. He's all over the field. He's great in coverage, great against the run. Um, 
that it will be uh, smart to identify where he is and try to go away from this guy. Yeah. But let's go ahead and flip it over to these Philadelphia Eagles, man. Um, I, I guess maybe the as good as the move for Christian McCaffrey was for the Niners, um, Howie Roseman going out and getting A.J. Brown for this offense might be even better. No doubt about that, Casey. It, it certainly is a phenomenal offseason move to really put a legitimate threat at wide receiver out there to help Jalen Hurts develop in the passing game. Obviously, we knew what Hurts could do with his leg, but they didn't have any consistency until Brown came along. 88 catches, almost 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns for A.J. Brown on the season. Uh, just an, an ascending player still. Uh, they were absolutely thrilled to make that deal and to pair him up uh, with Devontae Smith, the uh, you know smaller-bodied speedster receiver. Yeah, the Slim Reaper, dude. And this guy quietly had 95 catches and almost 1,200 yards and seven TDs, man. It's a, such a pick-your-poison with these guys. And when Dallas Goddard was healthy, he was a tremendous weapon in this offense as well. Can really stretch the field. But, dude, this running game, you mentioned what Jalen does. It's not only Jalen, though, running the football. Yeah, and this is one of the best running games in the league, and it's a tough running game to defend. Uh, Jalen Hurts and then Miles Sanders sneaky had a really really nice uh, season almost 1300 yards and 11 touchdowns for Sanders uh, 90 yards um, last week in the divisional game um, so they are just really really tough to defend they 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 commit to the run and they get it done and Jalen Hurts obviously is a huge part of that uh, with his legs and the RPOs the threat uh, the dual threat that he is yeah, dude, and that's going to be an interesting aspect to this game. Philly, 32 rushing touchdowns, tied for second most ever in the season. The Niners, zero, and I'm talking zero 100-yard rushers allowed by them since October of 2021, and it wasn't a running back. It was Justin Fields. So uh, that'll be a huge um, question mark if Philly can run the ball like they have all year. But, dude, flip it over to this defense, man. Um, Temple boy. Coming back to Philly, dude, Hassan Reddick. Howie Roseman, he winning again. I know. I mean, <laughs> can we just hand him the uh, the uh, the GM award for this offseason? I mean, what a, what a job he did. Reddick comes in, sack and a half last week, uh, 16 sacks on the season, five forced fumbles for Reddick. Uh, he's just been a wrecking machine ever since getting onto this Eagle squad. Obviously, he's had a great career, but what an acquisition and how he blended in with these guys. Uh, and, you know, Sweat also 11 sacks for Sweat uh, and, ta- and uh, 15 tackles for loss. So a real, real nice uh, a group of really talented physical guys on the front. Yeah, dude, you mentioned the linebacker there, too. Also, T.J. Edwards, dude, 159 tackles this year and on the back end dude Darius Slay and James Bradbury they each have at least 14 passes defended and three interceptions each that's the only duo back there to have those type of numbers so they make it very tricky to get anything going against them and one of the reasons that uh back end is so good is because they sack the quarterback up front man wow yeah. Well, no doubt about it. I mean, it's a those two things work hand in hand. This is the number one uh, team in terms of defending the pass and the number one team in terms of getting after the quarterback with sacks, 70 sacks in the season, which Ooh. is a ridiculous number. Um, but man, when you when you got good coverage, that gives the the 
the the guys time to get to the quarterback. And when you're getting to the quarterback, that means the bad there's some bad passes. So those two things are working uh, in tandem with each other. And these this these these guys are like a well oriled machine right now. Yeah, dude, and I'm feeling like that might be able to create some problems for the Niners on offense. If they can handle Christian McCaffrey, who we saw last week against Dallas, kind of maybe having some trouble with that calf. If they can control the run game, um, they're going to release those pass rushers, and that could uh, that could definitely cause trouble for uh, Brock Purdy back there, something he's not seen yet. Yeah, this is going to be a heck of a battle. It's like good on good, you know, with this Eagles team that can run the ball and a great defense with the Niners that can stop the run. And then can can the um, Eagles defense get, like you said, find a way to make Purdy feel uncomfortable back there? N- another thing to think about, Casey, both these teams have thrived with takeaways. The Niners yeah. are plus 13 on the season and the Eagles are plus eight. So they 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 hold on to the ball and they get the ball from the other team. So that, of course, obviously turnovers are always huge, and they're they're amplified and magnified in playoff games. Uh, it's going to be a huge part of this game. Yeah, one of those uh, Niner scumbags had the audacity to put a 49er shirt on the Rocky Balboa statue in Philly. There's going to oh. be hell to pay for that. And, <laughs> Dave, this game starts at 3, 3.30 East Coast. Is that enough time for a Philly fan to get proper – properly lubricated before the game. Good enough time? <laughs> get a good start on the way. Get up, have a nice breakfast, and get right to it. Uh, good stuff. All right, let's go ahead and flip this over to the AFC Championship. It's Kansas City Chiefs hosting Cincinnati Bengals, and the Chiefs are two-point favorites. Um, this line has been going back and forth yeah. um, all week. Yeah, and, and obviously it's the ankle that everyone's talking about, Casey. That's making it go back and forth. Um so, you know, let's talk about the divisional game. <clears throat> Kansas City came out of there. They eked out a win uh, despite the uh, injury, the high ankle sprain uh, to Mahomes. They won 27 to 20 against the Jags. It was a very even game. Henny, Henny thing is possible, Casey, when Chad Henny came into the game and led the team on a 12 play, 98 yard touchdown drive. And very impressive job of coaching by Andy Reid. But what else is new there? The next possession, though, Casey, the Jags. Kirk drops what would have been a touchdown. They settled for three, and it was 17 to 10. Then in the fourth quarter, it seemed like the Jags were really getting it going. Down by 10, Agnew fumbles inside the Kansas City five, and then Lawrence gets a a pick to end the game. It was close, kind of slipping through the Jags' fingers, couldn't take care of opportunities. Um, And next thing you know, the Chiefs are moving on. Yeah, dude, you mentioned it, man. Kansas City plus two in turnovers. Butker with two 50-yard field goals in this thing. Kansas City's experience helped them win this game. Um, I do love what uh, Peterson's doing down there in Jacksonville. I definitely think this is a team on the rise. But for right now, Kansas City just has too much for them. And then, Dave, uh, the other end there. Um, the other participants, Cincinnati yeah, Bengals. That was the Bengals. They arrived through the divisional round by dominating the Buffalo Bills in the snowstorm. It was 27 to 10 Bengals. And that game got out to a 14 to nothing start before you could figure out what the hell was going on. Yeah, dude. And you, the the Bengals dominated this thing on both sides of the trenches. We knew that the defense was stout, but I don't think anybody saw them coming in and dominating on the offensive line. We knew about all the injuries. Yeah. We had seen the run game struggle all season yeah. long. That wasn't the case on Sunday. Man, it was impressive to watch. 
Yeah, and Cincy, dude, rushed for uh, 34 for uh, 172, five yards a carry. Buffalo, just 3.3 yards a carry, only able to get 63 yards rushing. Buffalo couldn't get off the field, and they couldn't extend drives. Cincy was 6 for 10 on third, and Buffalo just 4 for 12. I mean, this it was like one team was ready to play in the snow, and the other one was not. Yeah, and they just dominated time of possession. And they had these Bengals and Chiefs. They're playing in the conference championship for the second year in a row. That's something rare in the NFL since the 1970 merger. It's only happened six times. Wow, that is crazy. Mahomes, Casey, uh, has made 92 NFL starts, including in the postseason. He's just one in three against the Bengals, and he's 72 and 16 <laughs> against the rest of the league. That's an, an over 800 percent 80 percent against the rest of the league Mahomes never lost to any other franchise more than two consecutive times and this is three in a row maybe four yeah he's gonna have a chance here but let's start it with the Cincinnati Bengals dude Joe Burrow man ice cold killer bro and three career starts against those Chiefs including the playoffs he's three and oh with almost a thousand yards passing eight touchdowns and only one interception that gives him a PR of 121 he's also three and oh in road playoff games, Dave, this game is on the road. And man, it is going to be exciting and there is going to be a lot of noise. But Joe Burrow is Joe Cool, dude. He has shown that he doesn't he's like unflappable, basically. And they're calling it uh, not Arrowhead Stadium, but Burrowhead Stadium. But we'll see how that flies. It's going to be pretty loud and pretty red there. But I'll tell you what. Um, you know, Burrow has done an amazing job, and this team is arguably as talented as any team is in the league at wide receiver with the trio of Chase Higgins and Boyd. I mean, what can you say? These guys, it's pick your poison if you're the defense. You do not know how to, who to take, who, who to try and take away. Certainly, you might want to start with Chase, though. Yeah, dude, and not only that, Hayden Hurst, man, they brought this guy over when he's healthy. He's been a great uh, asset for this field. I mean, if you're getting, if you're lucky enough to get those three receivers covered, oh, here comes Hayden Hurst. He had a TD yeah. last week, and he's had TDs in two of his last three playoff games. Uh, one of those with the Ravens, but also, dude, the run game last week. Let's get back to that. It is struggling the season, but Joe Mixon, dude, still got tread marks over some of those Bills defenders. Man, he was great. He was great. Yeah. And so we'll go back a little bit and say what a deal by that offensive line with three kind of non-starters in there, yeah. guys that with less experience. We were we were scared they weren't going to get done. They were going to get mauled over. Instead, they were doing the mauling, drive blocking and double teaming and just mowing open big holes. And Joe Mixon cruising through them to the tune of 123 scrimmage yards last week with the touchdown. It was a really impressive performance. Uh, and uh, he had 115 yards um, last year against the Chiefs in this uh, championship game as, as well. So look for him to play a big role so that this Bengals offense can stay balanced between run and pass. Yeah, and I got to give a little more love to that offensive line because last year in their, in their playoff run, Joe Burrow got the crap kicked out of him yeah. on the way to that Super Bowl. This year they're keeping him pretty clean for the most part. So that's usually bad news for opposing defenses and uh let's go ahead and flip it over to this Bengals defense they were great last week we're really uh, mucking stuff up front last week without having the blitz and you know none of the numbers like jump off the field but it's just solid grimy footballing yeah and they're you know the, the one number that does kind of jump off is just their 
points given up, tied for fifth, just over 20 points a game that they they give up. If they can hold this Chiefs team to 20 uh, this this weekend, then they're going to be in really good shape. But it really does kind of start up up front with um, that pass rush, which again, like you said, it's not like they're uh, getting tons and tons of sacks, but it just seems like timely sacks and stuff. Trey Hendrickson uh, led the team with eight sacks and, and they did a fantastic job last week really containing Josh Allen and the running game there and also just uh, just kind of making him uncomfortable back there. Yeah, and I'm kind of mad that I didn't know my guy Logan Wilson was a Wyoming Cowboy <clears throat> with Josh Allen. I don't know how that slipped past me, but I love everything about Logan Wilson's game, dude. Mm. Yeah, career high, 123 tackles, tackles for Wilson on the season. Um, you know, last year in this game, Sam Hubbard, defensive end, had two sacks and a forced fumble. So let's see if he can exploit that matchup. Different offensive line, really, for the Chiefs um, as they kind of rebuilt it a little bit there. But, well, no, it's pretty much the same offensive line. So we'll see if Hubbard can really get off. Well, let's go ahead and flip it over and talk about these Chiefs. This is their fifth consecutive conference championship. Um, but out of the previous four, only one Super Bowl win to show for it. But... Um, Patrick Mahomes had that gimpy ankle. Um, guess what, Dave? He's going to play on Sunday. <laughs> He's playing, baby. <laughs> well, good news for Chiefs fans because they have the number one offense in yards, number one offense in passing, number one offense in points, scoring over 29 a game. And they 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 do do a great job protecting him. They're the second best team in terms of, um, excuse me, third best team in terms of sacks given up on the season. So, um if they can protect like they did after he got hurt last week, um, then this ankle can be sort of diminished in terms of how much of an impact it has on this football game. Yeah, dude, that was impressive last week against those Jags after Mahomes was hurt. I thought they'd really be able to get pressure on him and they were able to build a nice pocket for him. He could stay back there and hit whoever he wanted. Um, and yeah, dude. I mean, he's had a phenomenal season. No cheetah, right? No problem. Still, like we said, all of those, um, you know, stats racked up like crazy. Fifty-two hundred and fifty yards passing and 40, 41 TDs for Mahomes. I mean, it's outlandish. He got better when they got rid of the fastest receiver in the league. Yeah, dude. And uh, you know, Smith Schuster started out a little bit slow. He really picked it up. MVS got it going a little bit. And uh. Sky Moore, the draft pick, he started getting more play at the end of the season and the trade for Tony from the Giants. He started making dividends. Lots dude, of dudes. <laughs> yeah. And this front office, though, they go out and get Pacheco late in the draft, and he's basically the RB1 there. I mean, crazy, isn't it? Pacheco has been an amazing find. The rookie, uh, 95 yards in his playoff debut last week. Uh, he's just a ferocious runner. He's got speed. That's why they kind of liked him, I think, in the seventh round. I mean, obviously, everybody missed on this kid, uh, but he runs with a ferocity, man. And, uh, yeah, he's he's the he's sort of that energy that goes into that run game. And then they they also uh, have really featured Jarek McKinnon yeah. in the last handful of games. Uh, certainly nine touchdowns receiving on the season. And I think six or seven games in a row now, maybe that he's re had a, a receiving touchdown to finish off this season. So he's that guy coming out of the backfield. If he's in there, look out, <laughs> they're throwing it to him, you know? And dude, I know we talk about this cat every week too, but <sighs> Travis Kelsey, yeah. dude, last week, 14 for 98 and two touchdowns, man. You know, this dude, he wants to hit him and you can't do anything about it. 
I yeah, mean, I mean, well, you, you, your scheme has to be you double team him, you chuck him at the line, you bracket him, you do everything, you make sure uh, that he can't get that immediate pass. They love to just dish it to him real fast and let him run with it. Uh, all that being said, nobody can seem to stop it. And you know it's coming. Nobody can seem to stop him. Yeah, and let's go ahead and move it to the defense, man. Um, you know, this defense is kind of the Ringo of the Chiefs, but Ringo was in the freaking Beatles, baby, and everybody still loves him. When you have the offense, your defense is not going to get the crazy um, uh, props that your offense does, but these guys find a way, man. Yeah, and one of the ways they find getting it done is getting after the quarterback on the season. Obviously, the Chiefs like to have a lead. They like to get after the quarterback defensively with Spagnola there, and they had 55 sacks on the season. That's second best in the NFL, and you got to hand it to defensive tackle Chris Jones. He is uh, under undervalued, whatever you want to say, tied um, for fourth in the NFL with 15 and a half sacks on the season. Um, pair he him shows up, up with, every game, dude. You oh, know what I mean? Like, he can be quiet the, and all of a sudden destroy your game in the fourth quarter. Completely. And interior tackle pressure is is a rare thing in the NFL. It's hard to find a guy that is that disruptive from the inside. Um, and at the defensive tackle position, he's right up there near the top as one of the best dudes. Pair him up with uh, Frank Clark, uh, who's been going at it for a long time uh, and, and still cranking up, had a sack last week. And then the rookie, the new guy comes along. Uh, he had a sack in the week 13 meeting uh, between these two teams. So Karlaftis is the guy there. Are you talking um, so, about Greek God of Sacks, Dave? That's, that is the one, Casey. No question about it, man. And Dave, what about um, six-time American Music Award winning and two-time Grammy Award winning Nick Bolton? <laughs> Casey, I think you're thinking of Michael Bolton, that, oh. his, his cousin. Um, Nick Bolton, though, did lead the team with 10 tackles and a force, uh, excuse me, a fumble recovery last week. He had 16 tackles in the week 13 meeting. Uh, he's a pretty strong guy at, at the linebacker position. That's Nick Bolton. Casey. Oh, I got you, Dave. I had when a man loves a woman on my mind. So you never know. <laughs> right. All right, David, how do you see this game playing out, man? Well, I'll tell you what, it's going to be fascinating to see. Um, from the from the perspective of the Bengals, man, uh, the all the weapons they can deploy, uh, and can Kansas City's defense um, really diminish the the greatness of those three wide receivers and Hayden Hurst? Can they slow down the sneaky good Mixon? You know, on the season, Mixon and company haven't been able to run the ball that well, but last week shows that they can bring it. Um, and then you look at it from the from the Chiefs' perspective. Um, you know, obviously they need to try and find a way to keep uh, Mahomes upright and not taking any hits right there. So if they can do that and they can, you know, it's Andy Reed. I mean, he's going to have plenty up his sleeve in terms of plays designed to get the ball out of Mahomes's hand before anything can happen to that ankle of his, obviously the Bengals want to come after him defensively. Can they get him off the spot? Can they get him to run around? Cause that might make that ankle ag aggravated and can they get a couple of hits on him? It's going to be fascinating to see. And I cannot wait to, to watch this game. This is going to be a, a real fun one. Oh yeah, I do. Both of these offensive lines were so good last week. Let's see if uh, either team can carry that over into conference championship weekend. Oh, it is going to be good. So many ways you can check out the football dudes, the trend zone, the podcast you're listening to 
right now available for free. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, go ahead and like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA, and make sure you tag us while you're doing it across all social media platforms. Thanks. Yeah, go ahead and head on over to footballdudes.com. That's going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Dave, I'm Casey. Enjoy championship weekend, people. Super Bowl 57 right around the corner. Thank you.